Motlop, Fantasia. Perfect start, Port Adelaide. Fantasia's got four. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm in ISO. Uh, I've had a positive close contact. My old man's just positive COVID. So I've had to go into isolation. I uh, got ships in the night, saw dad. He picked up kids from school the other day. And so uh, I've come back negative twice. And next Tuesday, I'll have to ping uh, negative again to get back in studio. But I feel good. Dad feels good. He reckons he's about an eight and a half out of 10. He's already had one jab. So he's good. And everyone around us has all gone negative as well. So we're just... Uh, taking the right precautions. So next week, hopefully, I'll be back in the studio unless uh, MG or someone else pings. But uh, it's good to be back and it's good to be vetting. And uh, MG, you're steering the ship in there, nice and lonely. Yeah, thanks for the medical report there, Scooty. I'm sure everyone was worried about it. That's a good update. I'm, uh, I'm stuck in the office, staying away from you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've got all the channels to myself. I don't have to, uh, don't have to wrestle to over the remote. remote. So it's good, yeah. <laughs> Lucky we've got five TVs to watch. Nothing better, and uh, I just I, just because I've left the office doesn't mean I'm going to uh, give you an easy time. And I opened the show with a little bit of a side swipe, and it's Fantasia. He kicked four goals, and if we rewound the tapes to see uh, your little description of Orazio Fantasia going to Port Adelaide, you know, I think you called him a cat, and he was uh, needed to step up, and not much of a big deal. Do you want to change what you you said preseason to now? He's he's won them a final, nearly. Wow. He didn't win him a final. He was part of the win. Oh. There's a difference. Uh, and what now he's carrying a knee injury, so he might he, he might not play going forward. So uh, I don't know. Put him in the same category as Toby Green. You know, one of the, one of the better players as you call him, but not there when uh, when they really need him. Uh, listen, he played a good game. He was a, you know he did come in with a reputation that needed to be proven. Uh, not lacking his not wasn't doubting his ability. Um, but yeah, he stood up and he, he played a good game. But uh, hopefully for Port Adelaide in two weeks' time, he can uh, he can get back up because he was medical subbed out apparently. So uh, not through the concussion rule, but a bit of a knee complaint. So we'll see if he comes up, which he should in two weeks' time. Mm, the uh, the commentary from BT it was like um, it was nauseating really. He um, oh. like he was made out of plastic or paper, or and he was just waiting for him to get snapped or snapped in half. And um, oh, fair fair. Fair setup. BT, I was actually surprised that BT had called the game given he'd nearly blown himself up in his own home um, <laughs> only days earlier. What do you make of the Port Adelaide win? Can they go all the way? And now that the grand final's been locked in at Perth, surely that bodes well for them. Nice, fast deck. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, right now, uh, you know, with all final series, when you get the week off and you're into the last four straight away, you get to sit back, uh, all the bumps and bruises come out and you get the other four teams going to war. You've definitely got an advantage. Um, yeah, right now, looking at it, uh, it's definitely Melbourne-Port Adelaide grand final. I don't think too many people stray from that until uh, until it comes to prelim weekend. So if you're Port, you're very happy. You don't have too many injuries concerns. You get well-rested. And as you said, you go to a fast deck. Um yeah, they've got no excuses. They're well placed, and uh, you know they get the job done. They they should face Melbourne in the grand final now. You're surrounded by Essendon supporters, and uh, have they stopped whinging yet? They did get beaten by fifty points, but the commentary all through the week is all about Cody Waitman diving for free kicks. I'm tipping Cody's just sitting at home, and uh, he'd be enjoying um, and lapping that sort of uh, banter up. But um, they're absolutely yeah. kidding themselves. The, the Essendon team, I think it was more than just Cody. Cody, yeah, Cody Waitman's he's a bit of a mini Toby Green, mm. isn't he? Um, you know, plays similar 
similar positions. He's a good overhead mark and stuff like that and just really gets under the skin of uh, not necessarily opposition players as much, but definitely seems to the supporters don't like him, although Essendon, don't really lo- Essendon supporters don't really warm to many other supporters. <laughs> they they love a moan. Um, you know, I did see the statistics come out skirt during the week and Essendon love hanging their hat on something that they win most years apparently is the most free kicks against over a season. Um, so this year they didn't win that award. So that, you know maybe they'll be a bit quieter this summer. But um, listen, they had a good year overall, Essendon. They've got nothing to complain about. And I think um, they really should pull their heads in a bit with the uh, with the umpires and stuff because it had nothing to do with the result. They got beaten. When you get beaten by 50 points, you can't go hunting the umpires, in my, decision, in my opinion. Um, you know, they had a good finish of the year and they should just get ready for 2022. Mm. There's a couple of um, bad beats uh, last week. Men in Gola not kicking uh, the goal, set the margin to 40-plus, so that uh, killed us on our free tip Friday and your your bet in, in that match. And, oh, for me, lock of the week, it was absolutely sickening. Sydney Swans, they kicked 2-7 in the fourth quarter. And Sydney Swans, they've had a massive year. And to go down like that and miss absolute sodas, not to ice that match out, any wonder John Longmire fuming. Yeah, it was, a, it was probably the low light out of the weekend, I think, um, the Sydney Swans. They dominated the last quarter to kick two goals, seven to a point, uh, to lose by a point. Um, you know, there's no excuses to be made. They they should their season should be still alive. They should be still playing. Uh, the Giants can consider themselves very lucky to be uh, playing Geelong this weekend. But um, yeah, that was actually a double banger game, Scoot, with the uh, with the bad beats. Um, your Swans getting over the line head to head, and also the total uh, for the over punters that were following the Sting. We only needed 28 points going into the last quarter, and they kicked two goals, eight combined. So that was a bit of a bad beat on two fronts there. Mm. Let's have a look at the boogie wrap. It was a pretty good story for the punters. Uh, Favourites went three and four, 75% the line. Also good for the minus backers there, three out of four. And then the totals, uh, low scoring. So finals footy has hit there, one out of four. And then for the season, we're rattling off at uh, 65% of the favourites have won. Uh, 44% of the favourites are covered line and 52% of the uh, totals have sailed over. Yeah, it was uh, a disappointing week for you slightly, but uh, a couple of sick beats, as we've said. Let's have a look at the hit and misses. So where the money's gone uh, across the market, port line was two and a half to five and a half. And a 43-point victory was emphatic. I've never seen Geelong fumble and... um, it was probably as bad of the first week of finals as I've seen from the Cats for a couple of years. We'll talk about that in a sec. The total, uh, it hit as well, 156.5 into 149.5. The GWS line, it was 8.5 to 4.5, one by a point. Uh, the Melbourne total was middled, 153 to 150.5, so 153 there. And the Western Bulldogs total, 155.5 down to uh, 149 and a half and it hit the 121. So it was uh, greasy conditions. You uh, call it early around the weather, but um, yeah. yeah. It, was a, Can it, was cats... domina- it, it was a dominating week for the punters actually. And, mm. um, you know, it was, a, it was a rare weekend for the punters across the board because uh, speaking of the racing guys earlier, it's the first time they've had a fill up uh, On of that, oh, that sorry, magnitude. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the whole weekend, uh, finally the punters get one on the board. It's been a couple of months I would have thought before the bookies have uh, actually haven't haven't raked it in. So, yeah, you see there from the hit and misses, um, there was, wasn't was a miss on the board from the AFL over the weekend. Mm, what did you think about the Cats? Like, it was a really sloppy performance for mine and I I can't recall so many yeah. players being off their game. Yeah, no, Port were dominant. That, that, that first half was uh, 
as you said, you know, all of a sudden you, you sound like you might be on the port bandwagon late in the season here, but their their first half was uh, was really dominant against the Cats and they were uh, found wanting for answers. Um, yeah, I don't know where Geelong go to. I, I think they've they've definitely got the luck of the draw um, coming up against the Giants this week, which we'll, we'll discuss later in the program, um, which should keep them alive for another week. Um, and, and get him into the last four. Once you're in the last four, you only have to turn up on the day, and all of a sudden you're in the grand final. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that I think Geelong will respond. Mm. Oh yeah, I think they'll bounce back. And I don't, I'm not sure if I'm completely in Port's corner yet. I still like the D's. I've I'd be more keen the D's uh, if it was at the MCG. I think um, yeah. yeah, there might be a slight edge to Port Adelaide over in Perth, and I probably can't rule out Brisbane or the Bulldogs. I thought they were still. Still okay, and they can still come from a, a decent position, and they've been pretty solid all year. So I think injuries and um, weather and how things will pan out in the next couple of weeks will uh, will decide it. But uh, definitely, um, and obviously, yeah, Port and uh, and the D's are in uh, definitely yeah, in the, the box seat. seat. Sting in the yeah. tail. There could be a couple uh, this week in the AFL. First one uh, that's sort of irking me, and while I love the AFL that has continued to go on. Um, we are 18 months into this uh, pandemic at the moment, and the state premiers, um, their their attitude around uh, just jetting players and their families and officials in and out of state borders is absolutely pathetic. And uh, they need to start approving some exemptions, and especially with Queensland, their own residents are getting locked out. So there's one little tiny sting in the tail. I'm sure everyone's had a gutful. And as much as I do like uh, the AFL, the NRL, keep the show on the road and entertain everyone, um, it just needs to be some leniency out the other way with the state premiers. They're cash hungry and it's absolutely revolting what they're doing um, to people's lives and it needs to change instantly. The other uh, tricky one here we've got is uh, Toby Green. I might get your buy in here, MG. He yeah. just should know better, shouldn't he? Yeah, it was uh, – geez, if you're on the Giants um, going forward, a very disappointing outcome. You know, I, I just think it's time for, you know, and again, it's not only the player, in my opinion, and he needs to take full responsibility, which, you know, I don't think he's owned up for it. I, I saw the captain, Coniglio, put out a, uh, a presser, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before, saying that Toby Green had accept responsibility, blah, blah, blah. But you get the transcripts of the tribunal. He, he still went in there and said, no, I didn't, no, I didn't, no, I didn't. So I'm not sure where he's accepted his responsibility. Maybe... Coniglio is more expressing that he's moved on and got around the team and helping to move forward for this week's game. But in terms of, you know, I would have rather seen the Giants not go to the tribunal. They should have just copped what was coming to him, uh, really focused in on this week's match uh, and really moved on and put Toby aside and maybe left him out of the calculations going forward. For mine, I, I think it might have been a greater punishment internally if Toby Green was perhaps... Uh, you know, left out of the team going forward for the rest of the final series, whether it's just this week or all the way to the grand final, uh, for him to miss that experience, you know, especially if, you know, it's unlikely at this stage without Toby Green, but if they did go on and make the grand final, I think that's the biggest penalty that it would have been if Toby Green was actually left out of all that moving forward because, you know, there's no excuse for what he did and to try and explain in his initial that he did not see the umpire in front of him is, uh, is laughable for mine. Mm. It was, yeah, just clear stupidity. Something yeah. else um, that we've been speaking about is the uh, the coaches' merry-go-round and Craig McRae to Collingwood. It's been a nice little bit of battle between Hawthorne and Collingwood. And it, uh, they were trying to maybe flush out Sam Mitchell. Were they trying to get Clarko? Were they happy with one or the other Collingwood? 
They've ended up with a forward line coach in uh, Craig McRae. He seems really well credentialed. He's done a long apprenticeship. Uh, he, and I think they might have gone the right way with a no frills type uh, personality. If he can handle the media and the pressure, he may yeah. become a pretty good coach. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a left left field decision, especially uh, we we were discussing earlier. Don't know where he was in the lineup of the initial coaches uh, when Buck, Buckley left. Who would be Collingwood's next coach? I'm certain he wasn't in the top ten or twenty in the betting. Um, but yeah, you're right. His credentials are uh, fantastic. You know, he's been around both Richmond and Hawthorne, uh, and especially Richmond over the last little journey he's been there. And he's also going to bring in. Leppage, um, which he, he, he stated in his conference that he's the best assistant coach in the country. Um, so whether that's a correct call or not, he's going to have the right people around him. Um, they've really cleared out the coaches going forward. So hopefully Collingwood have a different game style going forward as well. He might free up uh, free up the game style and stuff like that because Collingwood, have, uh, as fan base, have been suffocated with uh, with poor excuses for games, in my opinion, for a long time now. So it'd be good to see a different game style also coming to Collingwood for their fans to get around. So hopefully, it's, you know, I think going forward, especially for next year, I think it's going to be a long, long bow for him to uh, show some uh, progress. Uh, I can't see him making finals at this stage, um, just with their handicap in both the draft picks they've got and also the salary cap is going to make it hard to improve. But, um, yeah, as you said, if he can handle the pressure of a big club, um, maybe he's the right decision going forward. Mm. It'd be fascinating to see. And uh, fortunately, they've blooded a lot of kids, and I think they're in uh, a bit better shape than some of the other sides. There's yeah. uh, definitely, and, some- and they've had a lot of injuries as well, Scoot. I know, exactly. I know, a lot of teams have a lot of injuries uh, each year. Collingwood's definitely had the curse this year, which put them in, and that, you know they'll get their back line in. You know, Darcy Moore can't be understated how much he's been missed in this club. So um, to get him back um, with Howe as well, you know, it'll make a big difference to Collingwood. Outstanding stuff. So that's uh sting of the tail. So uh, state premiers need to pull their socks up. Toby Green, no excuses. Absolute pure stupidity. And let's hope that uh, Collingwood can turn it around with some good fortune in the coaches' ranks and uh, we'll see what progresses down at Carlton. They need to figure that out ASAP. It was a big, massive weekend of NRL last week. It was the Melbourne Storm. Very uh, surprising loss against Parramatta Eels. They finally found a backbone of the Eels. And then uh, South Sydney, they crushed the Roosters. But uh, the big news there is Latrell Mitchell is uh, out. He's uh, with that shoulder charge. He made an absolute meal of the Sydney Roosters mm-hmm. players there. So uh, we'll ask Top Rope if they can still uh, challenge for the premiership. But uh, as a South Sydney supporter, I think uh, our hopes are faded against the top echelon of Penrith and the Storm. But uh, interesting time at the moment. And uh, Manly also... Uh, a rough chance there. We'll talk uh, some of the last week of NRL uh, up soon, but before that, we'll uh, we'll preview this week's AFL finals, semi-finals, and uh, then we'll talk to Ace because it's all starting to heat up at the US Open. And uh, the tennis has just started to roll into town in New York, and uh, we'll get some best bets for him. But uh, we'll take a break. If you're having a bet this week, make sure you check out topsort.com.au. They've been in the game for 36 years, 30 not 35 anymore. 36 years, and uh, they're Australia's biggest betting bookie. So make sure you check out topsport.com.au and bet with the bookmaking and trust. Up next, we'll talk semifinals with MG. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm losing the plot here. It's only a week of ice. So I've got one week to go. I'm absolutely losing my mind. So thank God the sport's on. It's Thursday. There's some rugby league tonight. But Friday night is uh, Geelong Cats versus GWS Giants at Perth. 
over uh, with Mr. McGowan. Dollar thirty-seven the Cats at Top Sport. Three twenty the Giants. No Toby Green. Sixteen and a half, and the total there is one fifty-four and a half. Eight o'clock game for us earlier over there in Perth. Thoughts here, MG. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no home ground advantage. So, you know, it's a bit harder to work out than normal finals going forward. Obviously, uh, we would have home ground advantage, which we have got in the next match, which we'll talk about in a sec. But, yeah, this one in Perth, so that takes it out. Uh, the uh, the line opened up here at 11.5, probably mm. um, halfway with the Toby Green incident, I guess. Uh, and now it's obviously moved to 16.5 with Toby Green missing. Uh, I can't – I think this line has probably got a bit more in it too, Geelong. I think the late money – We'll, we'll keep heading that way. I, I can't see too much money around for the Giants without Toby Green. They've got one or two other injuries as well. Um, you know, they've been on the road now for two months, um, coming out of Tasmania, going all the way to Perth. There's a lot of negatives on the Giants' side, and I just think, uh, you know, that they really shouldn't have got past Sydney last week. So I think they're kind of free-rolling, but I, I take it that they're running out a bit of steam, Scoot. So, um, you know, I think Geelong were very disappointed in their effort against Port last week and uh, I think they'll rebound strongly. And, you know, if I, if I was looking to have a bet in this game, um, I, I'd favour Geelong, whether you're just taking them head-to-head in the multis and at 16 and a half. I think if they get on top early, um, I, I think the Giants will be fan wanting. It's an interesting one with the Giants. They've won the last three against the Cats and then yep. I think they were, what, third, 39-point underdogs in round 21 and upset them then. Why yeah, at Geelong. Yeah, at Geelong. Um, the difference is they don't have Toby Green. Um, so I just think I just think it all kind of weighs up in finals. I, I think uh, you know, watching the last quarter against Sydney, I, I just think they were a bit out of petrol tickets. Um, and you know, I, I really think with the travel involved, the key stat for me this week is Geelong's coming off a seven day break. Mm-hmm. And GWF was a six day break, and they've got to travel, as we said, from Tasmania to Perth. Uh, I just think this is a bridge too far. For the, for the Giants, I just think they've got a few too many holes. Um, you know, Geelong get uh, Tui back, um, I think it's a big in, uh, while Giants lose the, both the Greens, so not only Toby Green, but uh, also Tom as well. So um, I just think with the matchups, I, th- I think Geelong made top four for a reason, and the Giants, you've got to also remember, were playing a lot of finals to get to this point. Mm. Uh, and yes, they did beat Geelong down at the Cattery. I'm not taking any way, anything away from that. But also the mindset that the Giants also had to win uh, to make finals. And I, I just think a um, bit like a tennis player getting through the qualifiers in major scoot, you know, they might produce one or two rounds, but they're never found the second week. And this is equivalent of the second week, and I think Geelong will get the job done comfortably. Mm. I think, yeah, they, they definitely jumped the Swans last week, and I tend to agree. I think uh, Geelong will, will bounce back, and I just saw so many players just out of touch, and it was a real unlike Geelong performance. and. They, uh, they rebound as good as anyone. So Correct, I, yeah. um, I sort of made you uh, work through that preview, but uh, I'm definitely uh, with the <laughs> as well. I just want to make sure that uh, you're still getting it done in there with uh, me in uh, ISO and you in the studio. Make sure you're all across it. But uh, no doubt uh, the Cats look like the safe way to bet, that's for sure. Saturday night, we've got a cracking match. This is this is the pick of the two. It might be a snooze yep. fest, the first Friday night game, uh, unless yes. Geelong you know, pull a, uh, a high score out of their pocket, but uh, it should be a, a low-scoring scrap, yes. I would have thought, on the Friday night. But Saturday night, we're in for a different treat here. Brisbane Lions, $1.62. The Western Bulldogs, two thirty-six in the line, 8.5. And, a half, and uh, the total there is 164.5. The Gabba, it's, uh, 
Been a happy hunting yeah. ground for the Lions. They got a dominant uh, home record here. Yeah, it'll be rocking the Gabba. Uh, yeah, just quickly on those totals, as you said, I think the first game definitely lean to the under if you're backing. I think uh, the total out at 154.5 at Top Sports. I, I think it's more about a 150 game there, Scoot, so uh, comfortably to the under there if I was having to bet. Uh, conversely, in this game, um, even though it is Saturday night at the Gabba instead of the day, um, I think there could be points in this game looking forward to the total. So around that 164.5, I'd be unders in the first game and slightly overs in the second if you are betting the totals. Uh, for the match, this one is the pick of them for sure. Um, Bulldogs were on top of the ladder with, uh, what are we, three weeks out, I think, Scoot, and, um, you know, managed to lose their way out of the top four. But they, you know, you'd have to say they're a genuine top four team. Uh, as with Brisbane, so I think this matchup is uh, is the pick out of the two. Brisbane, massive home ground advantage. They've won nine straight there to finish the year. Uh, I think they lost the first game, might have been to Adelaide, I think, uh, maybe round one or two in the year. Uh, if, if you remember, Brisbane got off to a real ordinary start. So they've won nine straight, home ground advantage, massive. Um, and the, the key thing on top of the home ground advantage for me, Scoot, is the Bulldogs again coming out of Tasmania. Um, where I think it's been, we'll call it sub 10, 10 degrees uh, temperatures going into Brisbane's going to be a nice 24, 25. So that might just shock the Bulldogs a bit. Even though it is at night, there'll still be heat in the air. So I think that's a massive home ground. With the crowd, they're expecting a full house scoot. So we'll be uh, teased again on the TV screen, seeing people enjoy themselves, having a beer, watching footy. A bit different to our lives in the Vic. Um, but yeah, I really like this game. As I said, I think there'll be points in the total. We've got uh, the number one offense v the number two. Um, I know Brisbane have lost um, McStay, McStay I think that's, which is I think McStay's as I'd nearly I'd nearly say Brisbane were over the line, but McStay out opens the door for the Bulldogs, in my opinion, big time. Yeah, it creates chaos. I, I think uh, you know Toby Green's obviously a ma- massive loss, as we said for the Giants. I just think structure wise. McStay mm. on top of Hipwood, um, and as we spoke about earlier in the year with Rainer. So now when you put down Brisbane's best side at the start of the year, they're actually missing three of their six, what would have been their starting forwards, are now missing. So, mm. yeah, it's, it, it, it's a big hole McStay and Rainer, it's, it's incredible that. Yeah, um, you know, and that's the thing really, as you said, I, I agree with you. If, if McStay was playing this weekend, um, I know the betting would be a bit different, but Brisbane would be good things in my opinion, but... It certainly changes a lot because Brisbane now don't have an answer for covering McStay. They're talking maybe maybe taking Adams from the back line to fill the role at centre-half forward. He's kind of done that in the past a long time ago, um, and he is a big body, so he might be able to crash a pack, bring it to ground for, for their littler players, but then that takes away from the back half. They may be talking about bringing in a player like Jack Payne, um, who you know doesn't have the experience, final experience, big game, uh, could be found wanting at the back. So it's a bit, um, you know, a, a bit taken away from your back half, maybe to supply the forward half. But if it's not working, they, they might have some problems during the game, Brisbane, if the Bulldogs can control the back half. It's going to be a fascinating contest here in the middle with uh, Neil Lyon, Zorko, McCluggage against Bontempelli, McRae. Liver and Trelaw, and given the quality of these midfields, I actually think that uh, both these sides can even challenge for the grand final still, given it's at Perth. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah, both of these sides are definitely in the top four sides all year, um, and the winner of this has got the harder road. They've got to go to Port Adelaide, obviously, next week, um, and then, obviously, you know, 
all things being played out accordingly, we'll play Melbourne. So they've definitely got the tougher draw um, and they've got deficiencies, but on their day, they're definitely capable of, of going all the way for sure, Scoot. So can't disagree. They're, they're deep midfields and they will trouble um, both the, all the sides left in this uh, competition. Mm. Let's have a look at the premiership market uh, with topsport.com.au and the D's are favourites there at 260 Port Adelaide three fifty, the Cats six dollars, eight fifty the Lions, the Bulldogs nine fifty, and then GWS sixteen dollars. Is there anything that tickles your fancy here, MG? No, I, I don't think there's too much uh, meat on the bone, Scoot. Um, you know, I, we I'm just gonna have to stick fat with the the bets personally that I've got. I'll have the I've got Brisbane playing Bulldogs this week, so I'll have one into the last four, but it hasn't hasn't panned out the way. Yeah, I, I just think now you can almost back the all-ups as well. You know, if you, if you like a side going forward, um, you're just better backing the all-ups uh, with, the, with, with the percentage that they take out. But, you know, if, if I'm sure most people are piling in a lot of multis at this time of the year, um, and Melbourne and Port Adelaide would both be uh, very popular. We're, uh, we're not going to uh, have a look at uh, the Brownlow metal market. You can head to littlebirdiepod.com, Brownlow 2021, and you can buy your way into the Brownlow stream. Uh, the bank, uh, we're still 15 days out from closing that bank. I think it's just been announced that it's going to be Sunday the 19th of September. So make sure you tune into our live stream and you can deposit. You can deposit 50 or a 1000 up to a $1,000 for our live stream. I think we've got about 12000 in the kitty and uh, Mark's going to t- uh, tear into all the top sports Brownlow markets. So there's not much action there at the moment from top sport, but as that uh, – lockout clock starts to count down in the last few days we'll start to fire in a couple of bullets so if uh you want mark and us to uh do your brownlow metal betting on the night and you want to watch us while the uh strength well the brownlow is on we've got a stream so we'll have a couple of special guests in the uh, little birdie headquarter cave and uh, we'll go through the brownlow we'll go through round by round so you can preview and bet in play uh, Top Sport will have round-by-round round betting. So if you want to bet on who's going to get the three, the two, and the one across all the different matches, we'll have uh, a heap of content to help point you in the right direction. So it's going to be a massive, massive night, Brownlow night, and uh, don't mind it, push to a Sunday. Yeah, absolutely uh, outstanding stuff and can't wait for the Brownlow count. This year will be an absolute cliffhanger, that is for sure. One of the best you've seen, and uh, I think we've... Uh, push it out. It's going to be probably one of the most exciting counts since 93 when uh, Wanganeen upset uh, Diesel. MG. That wasn't an exciting count. Was it? No, that's not nice. I oh, know. Yeah, no, it's going to be, uh, yeah. I mean, the last five years, we've, we've spoken about it in the past, it's been dominant dominant favourites and now we're uh, we're pretty much $3 the field with, uh, you know, four or five chances that can win the Brownlow. So this count will be as, uh, as good as you've ever seen, I think. So, uh, it'll be a, it should be a high count. I think the winner has to go north of 30 as well. So um, your favourite players will be uh, getting plenty of action and uh, we look forward to tearing it apart and uh, guiding the punters to the winner all the way through the count. Fantastic stuff. All right, we're, uh, we'll take a break. That's our AFL uh, preview for this weekend. And next we'll talk to Ace. It's uh, US Open time and we'll get a couple of tips in the tennis and think about who's going to win uh, the US Open this year. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG in studio and I've got Ace Previews on the line. It's time to talk US Open. Welcome back to the show. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Mate, it's fantastic uh, at the moment. Perfect for ISO conditions. US Open and the time slot's a little bit more favourable because uh, you get the matches just roll into the uh, or into your lunchtime. 
Yeah, it's favourable. I think particularly if you enjoy the night sessions, I think, you know, if you if you commit to an early match that starts around 1am Melbourne time, that's where <laughs> your, your day, your, the next day starts to get a little bit dicey. So look, they've been nice, get a couple of good night sessions and it should improve, I think, over the course of the fortnight as well. It's It's been an interesting start on both the men's and the women's sides. Mm, and not all the big seeds are there. Let's have a look at the men's matches and uh, market thanks to topsport.com.au. Uh, no surprises, the favourite. Novak Djokovic is one seventy-six. Medvedev three ninety. Zarev six dollars. Sissipas eleven. Rublev is twenty-nine. Shapovalov thirty-four. I'm not going to say Mateo's name. That's thirty-four dollars. And uh, no doubt, Ace has found a couple of uh, matches that we're going to talk about later, and I can't pronounce any of their names. But um, thoughts here is uh, Novak, the man to beat, and uh, a good bet here. Yeah, look, I, I've been against him the, the last couple of tournaments. He's made me look silly. So I have flipped and I've started with Novak here as, as he was my pre-tournament tor- tournament play. And he looks to be a decent price here. And I think when you really map it out, I think the biggest um, hurdle for him and, and his biggest danger is actually himself. I think it's either going to be, you know, the, the biggest dramas are probably either injury or potentially him really... I guess not handling the pressure or the occasion of, of being someone capable of winning the four grand slams across the, the calendar year. So he has a really favorable start. And I think a lot of the other names are really going to be knocking each other off before getting to Novak. It's just about whether, you know, potentially as Rev or, or Medvedev are probably the, the two names that are going to be the biggest threats outside of himself uh, in terms of, of claiming the title here. But, you know, one to look, look out for, I was a little bit wary of Denis Shapovalov's draw because uh, he was placed so close to Karenio Busta and Kashidov in the draw, and they've both lost in the first round. So things have opened up for him. But I think, think if you wanted to go somewhere away from Novak, I wouldn't be able to talk you out of Medvedev based on his draw through basically until the semifinal. Well, okay, so uh, some value there. All right, let's have a look at the women's. It's uh, generally a lottery, the women's. But Ash Barty, 370 favourite. Naomi Osaka, that's Mark's girl, 550. Sabalenka, $12. Uh, Krejcikova is $15. Pliskova, $16. Swiatek, that's Aces Girl, $19. Bensik, $21. Uh, Coco, I think, has just been eliminated. And Halep is $22. Any value there? I think looking at the moment, you know, it's hard to go against Ash Barty overall. Um, she, a bit like Novak, has a pretty solid draw. And I think that the key thing for her is you've got Osaka and Sabalenka in the other half. So they'll have to face each other if they do make it through to the semifinal for the right to, to face the winner of the top half. So I think, yeah, looking at her draw, I, I don't see any significant issues until maybe a Schwartek or, or Bencic in the quarterfinals. Um Jessica Pagula could, could maybe, you know, challenge her a little bit there in that that first quarter. But I think you look through the second quarter, you know, it, it's full of, you know, you've got Pliskova, you've got Andreescu who have, who's been injured and, and, and struggling. So there's there's no one in that second quarter that's a worry for me, I think, for in terms of Barty. So I think she's a good spot. Looking down to the bottom, I don't mind keeping Osaka safe just because she does build into tournaments relatively well and she looked good in week one. But I, I'm a little, oh, round one, she looked at, I think Angie Kerber is probably one to keep an eye on as a potential threat to her in terms of making the final. And the other name, and I'm, I'm impressed that you've got the pronunciation right after the, the last couple of slams, Barbara Krajcikova is one to, to watch as well. She looked really good to start this week, and I think she's one that can really knock off the winner of Azarenko or Muguruza in the, the next round where she to face them and, and is a real capable chance of, of beating Sabalenka uh, in a potential quarterfinal. 
Well, Ace, I've been doing my homework. I've uh, I've, ad- I've adapted the Serena at Williams approach to uh, the US Open. I've just been sitting here smashing popcorn and uh, enjoying it from uh, from afar. But uh, let's try and find a bet now and a winner <laughs> right now. And let me butcher this uh, these players. We're going to the ATP. We're on the men's side. Nikolaos Basil Lashvili is now favourite over Maxime Cressy. Dollar forty two Nikolaos and uh, two eighty five is Maxime Cressy. And the line there is a flat four, 180 at the minus, and then uh, the under-over gains is 39 and a half. How do I go there, and who are we betting? Yeah, you did well. Well played. Um, I am taking Basil Ashville at the minus four games here. Uh, Cressy made a name for himself in the first round, beating Carreño Busta. So he came from two sets to love down and beat him in a, a final set tie-break. It'll be interesting to see how he backs up here off a five-setter coming in against Basil Ashvili, who you know barely raised a sweat uh, in the first round. So it, it's a tricky spot, I think, for Cressy, and he's such a big, you know, he plays big in terms of his first serve, sometimes goes big on his second serve. Uh, I think across the, the sample size of best of five, I think there's going to be more opportunities for Basil Ashvili to, to get involved in return games and, and be able to take advantage of a couple of those moments that will come up. Um, you know, particularly around those, those break points. And as I said, Basil actually played, I think it was 11 games against quarter before he had to, to retire, I think, with his head in a garbage can. So he, he <laughs> didn't really enjoy round one, but I think a, a fresh Basil Ashville against uh, Cressy, who, you know, when you look through his recent, I just got some of the stats here, you know, his second serve percentage in terms of points one can really become vulnerable at times. And as I said, over the, the longer, longer time frame. Of, of best of five set tennis, I think it's going to open up opportunities for, for Basil Ashville to get involved and, and break and cover that minus four games. Beautiful. All right, we'll start there. And then uh, for the women's is uh, Ludmilla Samson over at the dollar fifty versus Gret Minnan at one. Uh, sorry, at two fifty eight. And the line there is a flat three games, one eighty six the minus, one ninety five the plus, and the total games is twenty and a half with the money strong for the over there, one seventy eight two oh three the under. How are we betting here? I am taking the minus three games here for Samson over. And she is a player who has really taken her, her game to the next level and was probably one of those players that was really influenced by COVID suspending the tour last year. So I got the chance to, you know, back when we could travel interstate, I went to the, the Brisbane tournament at the start of last year and, and got to watch her as a, a qualifier come through and, and beat Sloane Stevens and then, you know, look pretty competitive against Petra Kvitova. And she's been able to go from, I think she was around 130 in the world there, She's, she's on the cusp of breaking into the top 50 now, won a WTA-level tournament, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago on grass, sorry. And she's just looking like she's got the game to, to be able to, to match it with a lot of these top players. And I think when you look at Minnan's form over the last, you know, couple of weeks in particular, um, you know, she got in here as a lucky loser with Ostapenko pulling out due to COVID protocols. I, I think there's a great opportunity here for, for Samson over to, to not only... I think win here and win well, but I think she is a, a player that's capable of knocking off Bianca Andreescu in, in the next round uh, were they to meet there. So I think it's a, a really interesting spot here in the, in the draw for Samson over. But I think with a big serve, she looked really great in, in round one in a 6-3, 6-2 win over, over Katie Balter, who's the other half of uh, Alex Dimonor. I think it's it's a great spot here and a, and a good line. I think I like the minus three flat as well. I think it you know it should cover in straight sets and it also gives an option of a cover in a, in a three-setter. Samson over at the minus three with top spot. MG, I know you've been betting on AFL, NRL. You've been uh, starting to sink teeth in the NFL. Have uh, you been watching the tennis? Or have you taken any futures players in the tennis? I know you love them. 
No, no. The only one I took uh, in a few multis was Djokovic. I'm just going to keep backing him. Uh, <laughs> Just going to keep backing him until he loses. I know I've been saying it for a while now, but uh, he just—I just think he's better than the field right now. So, um, Ace has Ace has finally come round by the sound of it. He's jumped on board. <laughs> Hopefully, that doesn't mean he stops him. But he's going for the Grand Slam, so he's got a lot to play for right now. Um, and I just think uh, the only thing I will say, Ace, is the thing that concerned me a bit. Did you see Djokovic round one when? Uh, I don't know if Scooty saw it where they were actually chanting the other guy's name and Djokovic thought he the crowd was booing him. I thought that was a, a strange yeah. reaction from Djokovic, you know, being the calibre player he was. That uh, worries me because the New York crowd love getting under the skin of players when they show uh, their emotion like that. Yeah, he really errs on the side of just assuming that everyone hates him. So yeah. it, it does make it a little bit <laughs> tricky for him in, in some ways, you know, particularly when he kind of you know, shows, tries to show everything in such a positive light outside of tennis. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tricky. I think he was probably struggling a little bit. You know, he hadn't played since the Olympics where he, you know, capitulated against Zorov in the semifinal. Um, it was his first game back because he didn't play any lead-in tournaments. So I think he was probably still trying to find his range and form a little bit there as well. It will be interesting to see how the crowds go, I think, across the, the course of, um, of the tournament. But... I actually think probably the crowds works better for him than having no crowds because we saw what happened, you know, last yeah. last year when he was in his own head. Um, it ended up, you know, being his downfall um, with that little outburst and and strong yeah, forehand into the the neck of a lines person. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's a tough way to do your money, Scoot. You put that one on your uh, bad beat book. I think it was when discussed. He- I, I, I remember I was sitting, I was watching that match. <laughs> I got up early to watch it. And the reason why is because I, I'd made a small little trade on Carreño Buster. I think it was around 19 or $20. And I was livid that it happened at 6-5 in the first set more than anything because it just meant that it was money back and on we go to the, the next round and, and Pablo got the win. But look, as I said, I, I think, you know, Medvedev's probably the best chance over, over the best of five. It would be a fascinating final if they got there, particularly with the, the history and, and Novak trying to make sure that he, you know, can take that greatest of all time status away mm-hmm. from the, the two names that are missing from this draw. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, he's definitely got a bunny to uh, run down. That's for sure. All right. So Djokovic and Medvedev and uh, Aussie Ash Barty is uh, in the thick of it all. So good to hear that uh, Ash has uh, got another one in her after an early exit from uh, the Tokyo Games. All right, Ace, we'll, uh, we'll let you have a week off, so to speak. You'll be uh, flat out and... Um, We'll get you on next week and uh, get an update when it's the pointy end of the US Open. But uh, thanks for joining us yet again. No worries. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks, mate. All right. It's uh, time to talk rugby league next and some Hall of Fame action with our man from Orange, Job Rab Tadeshi. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm in ISO and MG's in studio. And the other man in ISO, he's in permanent ISO, is Nick Tadeshi, top rope. How are you? I'm more of a hermit than the Unabomber. Oh, outstanding stuff, mate. Uh, tell you what, uh, something caught my eye before we get to the Hall of Fame was uh, Nick Politis, the uh, Sydney Roosters supremo, says that uh, I think their fans are going to get really pissed off and turn off the TV, saying the rules need to be wound back or uh, that the supporters of the cellar dwellers are going to um, walk away from the great game of rugby league. Thoughts there, Nick? You know when you join the mafia, Scooty, that you never leave. 
Well, that's how it is with rugby league. So no one's ever leaving. They might get a bit annoyed. There might be a few balls in the back of a few heads, but that will be it. Uh, Uncle Nick is, if, if PBL has a rival for the most powerful man in rugby league, Nick Politis is it. He he is the doyen of rugby league power. So uh, it will be uh, very interesting to see how this one plays out. I, I, I don't know what his relationship with PBL is, is, is like, but... Uh, the NRL certainly have. I don't know so much winding back the rules. They've got to wind. They've got to show more consistency with how it's interpreted, with how they're interpreted. Not the oh, we're gonna we're gonna be heavy on everything at round ten, but come to round twenty, they're not enforcing anything. Mm. It's uh, it's very wishy washy in the score lines and yeah. the totals. Like what we've spoken about the last couple of weeks, it's uh, definitely coming to fruition. So. Yeah, I guess as a punter, no, I don't know if punters want consistency, do they? We probably no, don't. They don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't. We, want, we want the rules to keep changing and people not being able to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, something that uh, we can't catch up on, or oh, the jockeys down at Mornington didn't get uh, in, or they got caught, and uh, they're still trying to catch up with them. But uh, that'd be in the hall of shame, maybe, for uh, nearly bringing racing to its knees, depending on which slant that you are. Uh, tend to read or look at? Should we be forgiving them? Should we be lauding them? Should we be entering the Hall of Fame? As a side cleaner, note. It's the cleaner who I'm most concerned with who got, uh, <laughs> who, who very nearly got, got him or herself into the Hall of Fame. Just from a sidebar, kittens are still closed. A lot of people talk about the 1,200 and, what is it, 212-day lockdown in Melbourne, but kittens, one of our favourite places in South Melbourne, the ballet, it's still shut. Can you believe it, Top Rope? You know, there's been some hard luck stories of COVID <laughs> in Australia over the last couple of years. That's about as sad as it gets. So you what, uh, with OnlyFans uh, banning uh, illicit content for a while, that would have been absolutely uh, to the wall. But thankfully, uh, OnlyFans have reversed their decision. OnlyFans could be a nomination uh, this week for the Hall of Fame to uh, give the green light to that uh, that soft core content. But uh, last week... I would, we... I, would, I would say the OnlyFans uh, change in their content strategy provides a great opportunity for the Australian Jockeys, Jockeys Association to start providing some content. <laughs> Oh, who knows what happened down at Morningston. But uh, last week in the Hall of Fame, we inducted Maxie Gorn after kicking the uh, the winning goal after the siren against the Cats. And this week, I was, I'd pretty much put the boogie smash back into the Hall of Fame. They had a horse uh, $8.50 in the $3 during the week. It would have been, it would have actually erased about three or four losing weeks on the punt for me. But sure as uh, sure as day, it runs second. So uh, top rope, I'm not really sure. I definitely won't put the Sydney Swans. They've cost me lock of the week. They're not my nomination for the Hall of Fame. Toby Green, he's not there either. Who is Hall of Fame this week? I don't know who what a Toby Green is, but uh, definitely not it. Um, I, I will say this about Normally, I'm a very selfish human being. It's all just nothing but self-interest. Uh, but I want to put one in that did nothing but cause me heartache, despair, and disgust last week. Uh, those on the Warriors plus six and a half will never get over this. We'll <laughs> never get over this. But if you're on the Raiders minus six and a half, this guy is no doubt a hero. Recapping, right? Warriors lead 16 nil. Uh, they're down 22 16 with six seconds to go. For reasons unknown to anybody, they put up the Raiders have the ball and put up a bomb. They don't kick it out, they don't run it out, they don't just get tackled and, and get the defense to. They take the risk of losing the game on a kick return, slash giving away a penalty, all that kind of. The Warriors fullback drops the ball. 
a Raiders player scoops up and scores. So it's got to be Matt Frawley into the Hall of Fame for his complete and utter stupidity. It potentially cost the Raiders a game, but did indeed give him a cover. So I hate you, Matt Frawley. You've got to be nothing but despair, but you're in the Hall of Fame. Outstanding nomination. My, uh, my, my lads chat, uh, all the boys in Sydney, it lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, they were all over this result and it was... Uh, was priceless. So I think Matt Frawley is a, is a cracker. Isn't it funny? The punt just always delivers. Uh, <laughs> not the last couple of weeks, does it? Must, always... be clo- must be in a close <laughs> call with uh, must be in a close call with the mad scientist too, Top Rope. If you're mm, on Bryson. him in the golf, geez, watching some of those putts miss. <laughs> oh my god, that was absolutely gutting. I could. I, it got it got that stressful. I got in the car and went to Bunnings. I could not watch. I could not keep watching that playoff. It was Cantley was draining everything. Bryson could not hit six footers. Mm. Just put it in the hole, you bludger. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you uh, that's a life luxury. That's a, one of the freedoms we don't get down here. Bunnings is uh, it's been locked up and shut. And <laughs> you call, that, you call that a luxury scoot. I call it a second prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's uh, let's try and uh, make some money on the punt this week in NRL, and let's have a look at Thursday night. We've got a uh, a blockbuster here. We have got the Roosters versus the Raiders at Mackay, a dollar sixty seven. The odds at Top Sport on the Roosters two twenty five. The Raiders and the line there is two and a half. There's been money for the minus, and total there is forty three and a half. And 180. The Raiders must win, and they need the Sharks beaten, and they prefer that the Titans don't absolutely piss in. Top row, how are you reading this one? Yeah, a hard game. Uh, lean towards the Roosters, but with the caveat that I will not be beating this game until final teams come through. Oh, there's a whisper, James Tedesco won't play. There may rest some other players. So uh, betting on this one is expected to be pretty volatile over the, re- the rest of the course of, of today. So uh, Roosters, as we speak now, but won't be beating this game until we see final thing. Mm. The Roosters can finish as high as fourth? They can finish as high as fourth, but the Manly are 22 and a half point favourites against the Cowboys. So, and uh, so that's highly unlikely they're going to they're, that they're going to finish fourth even with a win. Okay, so let's crystal ball it. If uh, Tedesco is out, which way are you winning? Confirmed. Uh, Tedesco is out. I'll have something small on the Raiders. Mm. When I read your notes here, cannot recommend a bet on anyone. I think, oh, geez, Top Rope's had a really tough week. He, <laughs> yeah. He's going yeah. to struggle yeah. with you. <laughs> I'll, tell you. I'll tell you what I don't need this week. Round 25 with constant team changes after last weekend. <laughs> I need a nice normal week, not this kind of chaos. <laughs> All right, the next uh, the next night match we're going to have a look at is the Sharks versus the Storm at Seabus Super Stadium at the Gold Coast. It's nearly the uh, home of a rugby league at the moment. $1.34 the Storm. Cronulla are three thirty-five. The line nine and a half and forty-six and a half here. Wow, the uh, the storm. It's it's nearly side away here. They've rested absolutely plenty. There is no more stressful game I've probably encountered ever than this one, uh, being the proverbial deep into the storm uh, for the minor premiership. The team's won nineteen straight games and may not win the minor premiership. Absolutely sickening at the moment. So I need them to win this game to to, to wrap up the minor premiership. Uh, I was sad to see about half a dozen players rested, but am happy to see that he has named a reasonable side. So money has come for the Storm this week. Uh, I think there'll be further restings. You've probably got to be on the Sharks plus nine and a half. So I think there might be a couple more out for the uh, for the Storm. But just prayers, Melbourne. Prayers to Zeski. 
It's going to be a uh, really interesting one, this, with all the lineups. I, I, I don't know. interesting or so stressful. Hmm. What would you do? So if you got a good position in the minor premiership, how would you tackle that? What's the best way to trade out? Trade out? What are you talking about? <laughs> 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 well, it's impossible. It's actually impossible to trade out of this one, really. You could, you could, you could go... You can go hard on the Sharks. I have a little something on there, but um, Penrith are going to absolutely destroy the, the Eels in their game. Eels are wrestling players, so, um, you know, you can't do anything on, on saving the Penrith side. Well, at, least, uh, at least you'll be put out of your misery nice and early because it's uh, the second game on Friday night is Panthers and the Eels. Dollar four, Penrith, $12 the Eels. The line, 28 and a half and 46 the total. How are we wagering here? The little birdie 17 could go close to beating this Parramatta 17. Usual respect, Will Smith is the captain, so they've got you know, three first graders. Uh, Penrith will annihilate them. Uh, they're pretty bad. In the state. Couldn't really recommend a line bet. The under's hitting 11 straight games, plenty of playmakers out, so I'll be beating the under, but probably going hard on the Eels team total under. Mm, so under uh, has been, uh, what's got? It's- it's been going the other way. It's been 44 and a half early a week at some places and out to 46. Yeah, well, I think that everyone's kind of seeing an absolute route on, which it will be. So it's been the, the paramount team under is, is quite a way to go. Okay, the uh, the other interesting game is uh, the Gold Coast Titans. So they're a tiny, tiny chance if the Sharks get pumped and then the Raiders don't win either. It's mathematically possible, isn't it, top rope? Yeah, uh, they don't even need to get pumped, really. If, if the, the Sharks lose, then the Titans will just need to win by 24 or something like that. So very doable. They're, they are 11 and a half point favourites against the Warriors. They'll, they'll, and they will, know the, they will know exactly what they need to do heading into the game. They'll get the advantage of that. So um, they're probably uh, what you're playing finals football. But, you know, the Raiders could get beat. You know, the Raiders and, and Sharks are outsiders. So they, they, they are still some hope. So I'd, I'd say they, they're... Yeah, you, you, you really can't bet this game too hard to really. I'll, I'll, be beating, I'll be having something small on the Titans early, but then if the game is alive, I'll be going very, very hard. They, they are capable of, of beating the Warriors by 40 if uh, if they need to. Mm, be interesting to see what the Warriors do here, though. They've probably got a bit of COVID fatigue. They've been on the road for two straight years, and I think we put them in the Hall of Fame at the end of uh, last year. They're probably this co- co- coinciding... Uh, round or show, uh, given how well they've done there. Everyone's relocated and it's still just a remarkable performance. As as good as the Storm have been um, on the road, it's uh, incredible what the Warriors have done to keep uh, keep the game afloat and, I guess, keep their uh, livelihoods and careers. I'll have a quick look at the odds with uh, Top Sport now. $1.27, the Titans. Warriors, three eighty five, eleven and 11.5 is the line and 52.5. So big chance there for uh, the Titans to cover. Lock of the week. Can we talk about lock of the week? Should we talk about lock of the week? I'll tell you what. Sydney Swans. 2-7. Peppered, peppered, peppered. I put the kiss on the death on them again. You only just missed, Scooty. One point. Well, you either win or you don't, and we, we, we didn't. Not your first bad beat for the year. Yeah. No. Well, the good the good thing is with lock of the week that we're all back to the start, so we've wasted uh, we've wasted twenty five weeks trying to get a profit. Uh, yeah, we start again. We've got to get something on the board here, late gents. It's embarrassing, isn't it? It's been a year for upsets, though. You could drive yourself mad looking for bankers. 
we haven't shown much signs of life, really, have we? We've been. You uh... saw my message throughout the weeks, uh, Scooty. I have driven myself mad. <laughs> All right, who's who's going to open it up? Uh, MG, another yeah, little three league dollar fifty uh, treble. No, well, I've only got two games to choose from, so I'm th- I'm playing I'm playing at the shallow end of the pool this week. At uh, as we discussed earlier with the AFL, I, I just think uh, the two favourites will get it done, and I'm just going to take them head to head. Geelong uh, one thirty seven into Brisbane at one sixty two, uh, about five to four is the odds, and we'll start again from the two hundred, and we'll try and build it up really late, Scoot. Mm, nice and weak, just what I expected actually from you. <laughs> what about uh, what about you, Top Rope? Right? I am having a double. I'm having uh, St. George Illawarra into the Brisbane Broncos. St. George. Uh, 225 into about 210. So do the maths on that one. I'm going to go for, uh, it's not really a, a Hail Mary play, but I'm going to try and chase down this 5K for raise.org.au and I'm going to have a really good swing here. I'm going to cheat, which is uh, right <laughs> in my wheelhouse. <laughs> There's a, there's a horse I've been waiting for at Mooney Valley. It's uh, race five in the McEwen. It's uh, number five, Wisdom of Water. First up over 1,000 metres, it's $12. So I'm just going to have my 200 uh, for charity on uh, Mooney Valley race five, number five, Wisdom of Water, to so go right outside the square. It's a sports show, but uh, I'm going to bet racing because it gets up your nose. I didn't realise that uh, lock of the week had become dart of the week. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't figured it out after 25 weeks. You're a slow learner. <laughs> Next, he'll be telling me that lockdowns work. At least he's only got one cheer. Normally, he has five or six. <laughs> uh, be over quickly. Mm. All right, it's uh, it's been a uh, a fantastic show. It's going to be uh, rugby league finals next week, so uh, we're going to get into the serious business. It's starting to be. Well, are the storm chinky, or is it just a, a Bart Cummings type preparation for the storm? Are you? Are you nervous? I know you're nervous about the minor premiership, but are you nervous about the premiership yet, top rope? I'm not nervous, Cootie. I'm sick to my guts. Ever <laughs> since the pat ever since the pat got back, things have gone dreadfully awry. I don't know what to do. Bellamy doesn't know what to do. I think I think there's too much of a good thing in the storm. Worried, very worried. But don't mm-hmm. mind. Hold on tight. Unless you're on at the good price. Yeah, and the rabbits, Latrell? Gone. Can't win. Can't win without Latrell. Can't win without Latrell. That's the first Thing that uh, MG texts me as soon as uh, the big hit comes through, and I think uh, everyone out there thinks exactly the same. All right, that's a uh, a wrap from us. Make sure you check out Third and Long, our NFL show. It's uh, it's got Top Rope and MG uh, with uh, Paige Cadrona and Corey McKernan. They're going to uh, get special guests in each week, and they're going to go through all the NFL action. So, guess what? You're stuck with us all summer. We'll get uh, some NFL to get us through the uh, the boring months without AFL and NRL. So make sure you check out Little Birdie. TV on YouTube or on our podcast channels and you'll pick up third and long our new NFL show. And we're also recording Bet Doctor this week. So make sure you check out that as well. Big thanks from me in ISO and uh, good luck up there in Orange. Hope uh, the golf handicap's coming down top rope. And uh, Marcos, uh, down in Melbourne here, we might as well uh, get rid of our sticks. Might as well sell them. Useless. Yeah, our handicaps will be interesting when we finally get back. <laughs> Getting hustled by top rope. <laughs> Please, my, my golf's going as well as my gambling. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.